What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Health Mastery Show, number 35 today with Alberto Nunez. Alberto is a pro natural bodybuilder with WMBF. He is also a coach at 3D Muscle Journey and today we talk all about what is the most important pose in natural bodybuilding but also how to bring up that pose and improve some of your relatively weak body parts so that you can present a physique on stage that is, I suppose, better. And if you're not someone who competes or is necessarily interested in ever competing, this still may be of interest because we do talk about how to bring up some of those lagging body parts, including how Alberto trains them, uh, what he does in terms of programming, exercise selection, and also form. Just before we jump into the show, I want to mention my seven-day free natural bodybuilding fast track. You can get that at healthmastery.co or in the show notes, that's a, a free course for people who are considering natural bodybuilding or they just like to train and diet like a natural bodybuilder. You can also find out more information about one-on-one coaching with myself if that's something that you're interested in. But without further ado, let's get into this episode with Alberto Nunes. Alberto, man, thanks for joining podcast. <coughs> hey, it's been a minute, man. I think, uh, yeah, last time we hung out, we were playing basketball. Well, we th- that was actually true. Um, I haven't played basketball in a while because it's a lockdown here in Ireland. You can't play basketball outdoors. It's just raining all the time. So, um, And there's not many outdoor courts because it's not a huge... Uh, when your average height is like five foot nine, it's not a huge sport. So um, indoors with the, the whole situation, they, they've locked it down. So um, actually, the, the government had said that we could play basketball outdoors if we if each player had their own basketball. So just like standing around bouncing a ball at circle. So, Oh, wow. Um, so you can do the warm up part and that's, that's kind of it, right? <laughs> yeah. Just, just layups. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, it's good to chat to you again, man. And, um, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you before, but I remember when I first got into bodybuilding, uh, I think I probably got into the, the, the untested bodybuilding first, uh, I'd say at least 11 years ago. So when I was 17, maybe 16, um, when I started first Googling uh, natural bodybuilding, you know, the forums, I don't know how I stumbled across the, the forums on bodybuilding.com. Um, and I know that you were you were big, big on that. Um, I remember reading back and it's almost like they're actually not timeless because I tried to read through them recently. And it's like bodybuilding.com's archived their forums or something like that, which makes it really difficult to, to read back through. But at the time, they're timeless because I was reading through preps of yourself, uh, Eric, I would think was called Quelly. Um, uh, Father Flex was yours, which is pretty easy to remember. Um, I can't remember what Jeff's was. It was like ST or eight B or something. Um, his name like backwards is basically ah. his backwards, so it's it's Strebla. Ah, right, yeah, Strebla. Yeah, so it would be better if he picked Father Flex or something. And then Paul, I remember Paul Ravella as well. But I remember just reading through those things, and it's it's crazy just to think about how technology has evolved, like me being able to talk to you now because i remember when i was maybe 17 i used to read through the muscular development so i cheated a little bit on bodybuilding.com and used to also spend a lot of time in muscular development where the 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 bros hang out the not really natural uh, bodybuilding but um it was you know interesting and it's kind of strange when i think about it i had like friends online who i've never met and some of the guys are probably like i was 17 they're probably like late 30s um but it, it was cool all the same but uh, i remember i used to go through every single forum and I, I did this specifically with lane norton's thing I, I think i tabbed through like 300 pages of his q a just to read through every single 
single one. But I remember the first time I like I think Jay Cutler had a cue like a, a tread or whatever, and uh, I I don't know what I, I wrote to him as as many people did, and I, he responded it's probably something like thanks man or something. But I was like shocked. I was like wow, I've been read like looking at his vi- his pictures in Flex magazine, and then when I got a bit more hardcore muscular development, and then he's responding to me. It's like that's insane. And now just with technology, like you know he, he i don't know if i get jay shake on the podcast but you, you get what i'm saying i can have this conversation with you now which before it was just it's crazy um but yeah it's it's great the way technology has um been able to connect people like this especially natural bodybuilding because when i first got into bodybuilding and uh i know my mother doesn't listen to this podcast but i remember when i was like 16 i used to get her to buy the flex magazines because i was embarrassed because I didn't actually know anybody in the whole country that liked bodybuilding. I just don't know why I really liked it, but I just did. And I was so embarrassed to buy them in the bookstore or the the magazine shop because I never saw anyone else buy one. So I got my mother. But now that I think about it, like at the time, what is she, 40-something, a 40-something-year-old woman buying like a picture of Johnny Jackson on the front, like in his Speedos, like doing fake weights. It's crazy. But um, but anyway, man, it's, it's good to chat to you again. And um I saw something on your podcast before we before we get into the topic. Let, let's uh, let's talk a bit about you. So um, I know obviously who you are, but for those who don't know who you are um, and they probably don't have a clue what I'm talking about here, uh, please introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been lifting since uh, <clears throat> 1999, um, and uh, I've been bodybuilding uh, since 2007. So. Um, you know, like most people, it's kind of a slow, confusing start. Uh, but I got saved by the science, man. Like that's that's for sure. And um, and yeah, I think may- maybe like two, three years after my first show, we kind of formed uh, our company, 3D Muscle Journey, which is composed of uh, Brad Loomis, Eric Holmes, Jeff Alberts, Andrea Valdez, and uh, and all of a sudden like this is what I wake up and do every single day so going back to you know your your beginnings I remember um yeah I was buying men's health magazine at first and then at a certain point myself just just didn't cut it I'm just like I'm looking uh for more than just like to build muscle to get laid you know and and muscular (laughs) development and then like flex magazine and and then the forums and, uh, and, and yeah, I've, I've built a career from this board and, and I've made some really tremendous friends. So very thankful for what it's given me. And, uh, and the cool part about natural bodybuilding, here I am, man, closing in, like I'm almost 38 years old. And the fact that like it, things are kind of getting started for me, like that's, that's, I view it like a, I don't know, like a soccer player being like 26, 27. It's like, okay, here comes your prime time. Uh, which yeah. can last for a long time as well. Um, so the fun's not going to stop anytime soon. And that's, uh, I mean, that is, that is so dope. Like I'll probably, I don't know, man, I'll probably like the day after I go to the gym and I don't know, squat like three fifteen. I'll probably like die the next day at 80 something, you know, like that's to me, that's like, damn, that's not a whole lot of hobbies like this one, man. And I enjoy doing it, enjoy uh, educating and, uh, talking about this like like we will here today yeah you're a pro natural bodybuilder as well so i don't think you mentioned that but uh i'm really looking forward to seeing you back on the stage it was it's been a while right 2014 i believe 17 17 which is still going to be the longest off season ever for me man that's yeah that's time yeah. flu man 
are, are you itching to get back on the stage or I know, I know that you don't want to give it time, but like, are you mentally ready? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say honestly, that last prep was so fun that it wasn't for the sake of uh, progression. Like honestly, I, I could have done another prep like four or five months later. Mm. Like yeah. you just learn to make them less invasive with time, you know? And, um, but, but yeah, I am beyond ready. It's just, I think next year, a little bit of a scheduling thing. It's like, so what show yeah. will actually, um, I don't want to, you know, be, be promised like this is the Rotel Dorado and like, I get there. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah I, I seen that. I actually seen that recently, like with the, uh, like we just talked a little bit off air. I'm a big fan of, of just open bodybuilding or whatever you want to call it. Untested bodybuilding, IFBB bodybuilding and, uh, like the open class, and uh and i follow like i don't really watch much youtube videos but i do like to watch like dave palumbo's channel i've always followed him a long time and uh and, and nick power nick strength of power actually fairly recent i I just really love uh watching the freaks and uh you see with big rami uh he, he can't compete because he got COVID 19 and now he's got like he can't travel to chicago to do the show which is the last qualifier before olympia and if like other people place then you know, in the points rankings which they introduced a few years ago, then he's not going to be at the Olympia and he wasn't there last year either. Um, but, it, but it's interesting to see that like those um, open bodybuilders or untested bodybuilders, they compete like some of them compete twice a year, like, and not two shows together. Like they'll compete in Arnold time, Arnold, Cla- Arnold classic in March ish. And then at the end of the Olympia. And it's, it's just crazy how, how much they can compete and actually make improvements. Um, but obviously there's reasons for that and we're not going to touch on that. But t- today we really want to talk about something that you mentioned on your story the other day. And it was about, and this is really um, bodybuilding, you know, focus. So if you don't like bodybuilding, you're probably not going to like this. Um, but I know that people do like bodybuilding. This is this. So it's the, it's the most important pose. So number one, I guess, you know, what's bodybuilding you know i think open i think untested and tested bodybuilding are, are tests are judged on the same criteria i'm pretty sure and you know can you talk us a little bit through that and then the posing's role in that and then you know the topic specifically of yeah. the most important pose and what you actually mean by that and then we'll go a bit more in depth into how to, how to actually improve that pose yeah so um the criteria yeah it's 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 the same and i find it to kind of be the same through like all divisions like even if we're talking about bikini it's kind of you know like well at least over time like even all new divisions kind of trend in that direction right because that that seems to be the cleanest way to figure out the situation on stage um so let me start off with um yeah i think same same criteria, but I think one of the reasons they're judged so differently is because the big IFEB guys, they really don't make them hold poses like all that long. Mm. Uh, like these guys are just behemoths, you know, so, so to ask a 250-pound like depleted dude like to stay in a front relax for, you know, upwards of two minutes the way like sometimes we have to um, – just, do you think that's do you think that's because there's a, a quite a bit like i think i'm of, of a pretty good eye for men's bodybuilding at least to say you know one two three four do you think it's because they're so big that the 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 variance is there's a, a greater what's the word i'm looking for but there's a greater margin of of between each because they're so big you know if you've got 
five middleweights that are, uh, you know, 175 pounds each or whatever, 160 pounds. And then you got like, you know, you got big Rami's two, 290. Then you've got uh, Phil Heath, he's 250. And you got Brandon Curry's 240. Like it's kind of easy to, they don't have middleweight classes in the IFBB uh, pro division. So they have the 212 and all, they're just like kind of hobbit versions. Uh, but do you think that's the reason why? Because um, you, it's just easier you to see the difference. Um, I think it's honestly that this they just they don't hold that pose nearly as long. Because uh, to yeah. me, that pose is so like that pose is where you know as as big as Rami is, like you could see that Phil Heath just has a much more pleasant uh, bone structure, and that when you look at frame to muscle ratio, like Phil just he's more muscular. Like you you you. It, it sounds funny to say, but he's he's the more muscular guy. Like Sean Clay is a great example of this super tiny frame, but he's mm. so freaking muscular, you know. Um, uh, Lee Priest was kind of the same way, where it's like, man, that's a small dude, but there's so much muscle. So yeah, I think a lot of it is just the fact that um, yeah, you know, they 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 don't have to hold their poses nearly as long. They they don't make them do that. I think in the IFBB, honestly, they just go to the area where there's the most muscle on the human body. And that's going to be the, the poses from, from the rear. Um, so like literally from that pose, I think you can see everything. You can see just who's the most muscular. Um, you, you can still kind of see how wide their waist are or, 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 or how wide or how narrow they are um, conditioning. So I, I think at the end, honestly, they almost just, the Olympia, like as, as long as I can remember, has been like a back lat spread pose. Like from the old Jay and Ronnie days, it's like this was it. Like you knew if you were a, a Jay guy, a, a Jay fan, that this is the pose where yeah. he needs to, uh, like you know, like come a step ahead if he's if he's going to win. Um, whereas like in the natural shows, it's there isn't as much muscle. So the symmetry round, like if you fall behind in the symmetry round, like it's, it's really, really, really hard to, uh, to come back. So same sport, but just because of the nature of what kind of physiques we're looking at, I think, um, I think the, what, what is most important is slightly different. Yeah. Uh, just on the back, uh, the back post. So I've, I've been thinking this recently and um, it could be because of the substance that they take or whatever, but you know, if you look at a back lat, a back double bicep from a, an IFBB pro, and then you look at WMBF Worlds and say someone who's came in really shredded, I, I don't think the guy who won last year was like shredded, but there was definitely a few guys shredded and to the point where you can see pretty much all the a lot of the fibers in the delts, right on the rear delt. But you rarely see that if you pull up uh, like a Flex Lewis rear double bicep or Phil Heat, it's just like it's smooth, like it's like they don't have any definition in their delts and. I'm wondering, like, is that some people say it's because they don't diet long enough because they do like 16 week diets. Some people say it's because, you know, they've, they got other substances that they're taking that make them hold a bit more water. Um, but I'm just curious because even the, the last bodybuilding show I watched last weekend in, in Spain, the Europa Pro, the, the guys who are shredded or the, the leanest, they still, their, their delts just weren't like Brian Whitaker or they weren't like, I think, uh, you know, Brett Freeman. You know, just they weren't that. You, know, you you actually got the separation in the delts, not between the arms and the delts, but in the delts. Yeah, I'd say that like when you compare um, 
So the front relax, I feel, is the most important pose as a natural bodybuilder. But I'd say the second one is probably the back double bicep, just because you're right, there's so much detail in that pose. Um, and then you have the benefits of seeing all the, the mass from, from, from the rear. Uh, honestly, like I, I've noticed the exact same thing that you have. And it just, I'm like, is it just because, you know, guys just maybe inject there a lot, right? And maybe some sort of scar tissues build up. Um, <clears throat> but another thing is, uh, and I can be completely off with that since, you know, I, I haven't been like deeply involved in that, in that, um, that, uh, <laughs> that side of the sport, at least not that, 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 that up close and personal, but also, I've noticed with guys that, that um, they go the enhanced route, it's almost like they get this, like the best way to describe it. And no offense to these guys, because I think y'all look great in, in your own way, but it's like almost like pork rind skin. Like it just gets all like thick up here, like especially around the delts. Um, and this really hit me. I remember I went to go get my blood work done at a clinic here where it's one of those like <laughs> rejuvenation clinics. Yeah. And, I remember just like waiting in the lobby and there was like all these like pink dudes with like no arms, but like these massive like traps and like delts. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, like, man, you, you guys are all like, like pork grindy up here. So um, maybe you know, the whole of- kind of phrase where like, Oh, they got to get thinner skin is actually, is actually true <laughs> because you do hear that and you're like, Oh, shut up. He just needs to get leaner. Like, Oh, Regan Grimes is, he just needs to thin his skin out. He's three days. Out. Like, no, he's just fat. He just, he's not lean enough. Like, but, but maybe, maybe it makes sense if they have like skin, like leather from whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, everything grows. That that's, that's the thing. It's like, we we look at like the, the effects we want and side effects is like different things, but it's, it's just like, they're all side effects. It's just, we choose which like, um, cause a lot of things are like one thing I've noticed from guys that have started as natural guys and then they go up the other route, um, is like facial structure, like changes a whole lot. It's like you get this second dousing of like, like male sexual, like secondary sexual characteristics. So just everything changes. So it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some, because skin does look different when, you know, someone is using versus, versus not using. Um, so that, that could be it. But yeah, I've noticed like in regards to the feathering on the delts, you just don't see a whole lot in, uh, in high, high level IFBB bodybuilding. Yeah. It's strange because you do see it in like quads, etc., and stuff, um, glutes, hamstrings. So, so tell me, why is the uh, the front relaxed pose the most important for natural bodybuilding? Uh, you just can't hide anything in that pose, man. Like um, what your skeletal structure looks like, like that's that's just uh, that's it, it's right there. There's nothing you can hide. You know, um, if you have big thick arms, you'll be able to see it, man, because you can't press them against your body or anything at that point you know you're just mm-hmm. out there and exposed and <clears throat> again i think iliac crest is um when we talk about small waist that's really what it is it's like so you know how how apart are those uh two bones in your hips so yeah. it, it it tells you everything um when uh you were up there with eric at uh at the mayhem that was the one puzzle i'm like okay this is because you know eric has um really short clavicles so um so I was like, okay, this is this is probably going to be the telling pose. Like, if, if he looks a lot wider than Eric, if Adam looks a lot wider than Eric, then then I, I don't think he can make up that that deficit. Because other than that, you guys are pretty similar. And, and to be honest, I think that's kind of where you build up that separation, and you were able to just kind of um, keep him at bay through like every other um, 
part of the the the, the posing rounds. So, mm. so, so I guess there's not a whole lot that people can do really for that at, at all. I mean, in terms of your 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 hip to to shoulder ratio or, or whatever, just ha- you know that that you know traditional V. But what can like somebody do? And because people always get worried about genetics and stuff, and it just stresses them out. And you can only do what you have. I mean, like Eric's been bodybuilding longer than I have, and he's been in the sport longer than I have. So it's like he deserves to do better. But it's just unfortunate that just the, the structure. And the same with the guy uh, uh, Kendall, right? Who won the, the world? She's like twenty five or something, and he's won it twice. I mean, he's he's. I've been lifting longer than he's been. Like I've been competing, competing longer than he's been lifting, and I'm still only 28. So, um, but you know, I, I, I'm I'm an I'm a I'm an amateur, and he's the world pro. So, I mean, what what can someone do then in that case? Like, you know, if we're talking about the front pose, and I guess that the most important pose as well is because the, it's all always nearly the default, right? It's always back to like when they're writing scores or talking to each other. It's just back to front relaxed. And from relaxed is not relaxed, right? It's it's maybe your biceps are relaxed, but everything else is pretty much. It's a pretty tough pose. So so what can so what are they looking for when they're looking at that front relax? So obviously they're looking at conditioning, still muscularity, uh, um, symmetry. So what else is that it? Or you know, is there one that kind of takes <coughs> preference over another? What can so you know someone can't really control their symmetry per se in terms of the shoulder to width shoulder to waist but maybe they can get bigger quads or they can get bigger delts um lats they can definitely control conditioning and, and muscularity to an extent in, in the off season so what are your thoughts there yeah it's um who it's just such a revealing pose and i think it can be maybe discouraging for people to hear but i mean all sports are genetic man like like yeah. you know like, man, like I, 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 I've said this before, but I think like LeBron James, by the time he was like 13, he was like just physically like more uh, like just superior than like 99% of men on this planet. You know, like, all sports are like that. I just think with bodybuilding, it's just so perpetual and it's just like there, you know, and there's, uh, there's no wit, you know, it's like, I don't know. There's, like not, you and there's I can, not really skill. There's not a whole lot of skill. I mean, there's weightlifting yeah. is a skill, but it's not as as complex as uh, you know being Ronaldo or something. You know, football or or LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James is. I'm sure there's plenty of six foot nine, two hundred fifty pound guys in in the states or two hundred eighty, but not all of them can play basketball as well. So he can, you know, yeah, yeah, it's coordinated and all that stuff, right? Uh, but but yeah, it's like I think any other sport, like shoot. If, for some reason, I signed up for an NBA season, right? Just go ruin an NBA team. I'd, I'd have some sort of highlights at the end of it, right? It's like there's there's yeah. this like the, there's this stroke of chance, you know? Like we see it like in combat sports every once in a while, where it's like, man, yeah. really that that one punch that 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 did it, dude, just was right place, right time, and that doesn't exist in bodybuilding. So, yeah, um, yeah that front pose yeah. is just it's so- yeah. It's interesting how how much genetics do play a role in it. And, and I really see this when people are talking about like, you know, uh, guys who are like top natural bodybuilders saying they're not natural. They just like, what, what, how, like how big do you think big Ramy was when he was natural, you know, like 160? Yeah. Like he's like 290, you know? And it's the same. Uh, like, I, I don't know if you ever heard a guy called Ali G. He did the Borat movie. Have you ever seen that? 
yeah, yeah. Love yeah. that dude. Yeah. He, he, yeah, I was just watching this really old video. He was interviewing um, Ben Ben Wallace. He used to play for Detroit Pistons. And he's just—it was just like a piss take interview, and he's with NBA fans or players. And he's like, "So how do you maintain maintain your height? Like, what, what do you do to maintain your height?" And he's like, "What?" He's <laughs> like, "How do I get as tall as you? You know, as if like, but that's what people think in bodybuilding. You know, like, oh, uh, you know, oh, if I want to be as big as uh, Brandon Curry, it's just yeah, I got to just take a, a needle in my ass, and then I'm gonna. But that's like saying you want to be like Ben Wallace if you just you know take a needle or something. It's just crazy, but uh." bit off topic but it's interesting how how uh how much genetics play a role but so so then if someone doesn't have the widest like or the best genetics or the best clavicle structure or, or you know their waist is perhaps a bit wider what can they do um you know instead of just kind of lying down and rolling over yeah so uh, you know again it's like it is symmetry conditioning and, and muscularity I, I still say symmetry is, is not exactly 33 percent you know there's there's a lot of guys that because they're so so symmetrical and, and, and just pretty to look at, it's like man, like on them, that's like forty percent of their score. I feel. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, like conditioning, obviously, that's the most obvious one. It's because um, you know we we kind of start to lean out um, further away from our center. So, like with quads, is like the higher the the definition kind of creeps up, the more conditioned you most likely are. If some guy has like. If you can see a sartorius, you know, it's going all the way down from like right around his knee all the way up into his hip. That dude's probably in like sensational shape. So, um, so again, con- conditioning is, is the first thing you can, you can kind of bank on. And then the next thing would be muscularity. So, and that's one of the reasons that when it comes to, it's so funny because kind of taking it more to the casual lifter, it's like, you know, like I think chicks have it right. It's like chicks going to the gym and it's like a, I want that peach to be as big as possible, you know? Hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, well, that, that kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense. But with like the dudes, it's like, it's like we get infatuated for some reason with like this, this, this musculature that's on our sternum and like we go hit it five times a week or something like that. When in reality, I think you could have a guy that's kind of like flat chested, but if he has some like really round outs, like that is what kind of like your eyes can't stop like scanning back and forth between them. So um, that's one of the reasons that, yeah, the lateral head of the doubt, I think is um, <clears throat> it's, it's very important. And given the way that most people train it, like it's probably one of the movements that, you know, like you're lucky if you see someone do them like with a passing grade at, at most gyms. Um, so there's a lot of stones left unturned, I think when it comes to, how people train, especially that head, uh, directly. Yeah. So, and, and then we'll get into that in a moment. But I guess lats as well. But they have a huge yeah. genetic component in terms of where they insert as well, right? So you can have the biggest lats, but if they insert high, it's going to be difficult. I will say this from from the the front: the higher attaching lats tend to look a little bit better. Really, uh, Martin Daniels, like he's got some mm. super. Uh, attaching lats but like partially because of that uh it, it's like yeah it's like they're coming like out of his sartorius almost and they're going in yeah one direction. that's true the same with the italian guy uh babacar is that his name yes yeah 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 he right. he doesn't have any classical like yeah but his it's just like they fan out to the side it's like it's cobra almost you know yeah. But um, I guess attaching high on on your torso, but then low on your humerus, you know. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. So, so then I guess 
into kind of the body parts. And I guess if someone's thinking about this and they're like looking in the mirror and they're like, well, I don't actually, I don't, I'm not that wide or if my waist is not, you know, great. And I think a lot of people who do have that great structure, you almost notice it from day one. They look like they lift, even though they've, they don't have much muscle, if that makes sense. You just see people like, oh, he looks, people think they've got a huge back, but it's actually in reality, they just have a small waist and, and wide shoulders. Because I've seen a few guys in my gym that are young and, you know, they look like they lift, but if you actually think about it, they, they don't really look like they lift. They just got a great structure. Um, so then, you know, if we're talking about these body parts that are, are maybe not weaker body parts, but perhaps need to be stronger body parts, um, you know, in, in relative terms, they're not weak to their body, their physique, but they need to bring them up to make them a strong part so that they, you know, improve their overall look. Um, how do you program that? What do you do for yourself, your clients? What has what worked for you over the years? Have you, have you had any body parts that you've had to bring up and, you know, experienced? Yeah. Uh, and and there, there's definitely a, like, there's, there's just body parts that are kind of overrated as a, like, bodybuilder, like, like honestly like calves for sure like i think most yeah. people know that even forearms like you know like i have i really like my forearms but like on stage like yeah like, here's a, traps even like even with enhanced guys like traps are you really use them on one pose and mm-hmm. most muscular it's like yeah it's a cool pose but it's not really worth as much as i think people think you know um so, so yeah, I think especially uh, with bodybuilding, like when we think to uh, those like golden era physiques, not like golden era Arnold, but like, you know, Steve Reeves times, um, I think like what made them really flow was their lats and arms. Like if you have some huge lats and some huge arms, like that just, and then obviously the delts, right? Um, I, I kind of include the delts and the arms. Um, that's just, it's going to make for a very, very pleasing physique. So the, those are... Um, those are areas that for different reasons, almost, um, it's, it's probably worth becoming very skilled in, in learning how to maximize like the most out of what you, you do have. Um, like with the back, the biggest thing is just kind of finding that connection, learning to roll properly and, and do any sort of pulling movement properly. I think that takes most of us a few years. Like, you know, we usually understand how to do other things before we get to that, um, arms have their own issue in that um, they're such a small joint and they're piled on top of all these other joints that it's very easy to kind of um, redistribute tension uh, via, you know, uh, improvising by using other other body parts. And then lateral raises, kind of a bit of, 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 of what we see with those other two uh, muscle groups. Um, so I, I think, honestly, the first place to go to is like technique. Cause it's really crazy what you can do. Like I, I've done it before where uh, I've trained said body part with like a volume junkie at a gym and, you know, typically, you know, their quad day or their lower body day, there's like three or four different sorts of like squat patterns yeah. and we're halfway through our first exercise and they're like, like I'm going to have to go down and wait, <laughs> you know, because I lost a third of my reps on my second set. So, um, so being efficient and being, um, I guess, um, lightheartedly lethal when it comes to your rep execution, I think is something that's severely underrated. So it's not a skill sport when you get on stage, but when it comes to really, yeah, um, those areas, yeah it absolutely is. 
So do you do you recommend that people like would would they keep the same volume for arms or whatever? And do do you have any specific movement patterns? Do you feel allow people to execute that properly, like a preacher curl versus a barbell curl or something? Or you know, are there certain exercises that you think can really help people? Um, you know, make the most out of what they got. Um. So. Yeah, I think first we scan technique before we add anything. Because like, if, if if you were to give me like say just the scenario of the perfect split, but how the it was all being executed was like really bad, um, versus like really good form and a really shitty program, I'd say the person with good form and a shitty program is gonna make better progress. Like I, I can say that with a good amount of certainty. Um, so I think first thing is first is like yeah, let's let's make sure this is all being done right before we go adding some more shitty work in there. Mm. Uh, so with, um, with arms, I think one thing that really helps me, um, and this is something that uh, I, I think was started by uh, a friend of mine that is actually come to find out it's like 20, 30 minutes. He lives 20, 30 minutes from me. Kasim. Uh, um, Kasim Hansen. He was, uh, I think the cue is when it comes to arms, it's like, Hey, you try to bring, uh, I do think internal cueing for that one is, is super important more so than other places. Um, the, the insertion of the muscle closer to the origin. And like when I lift in that manner and I view it that way, it's just crazy. I start to look a little bit more like Jeff Alberts on my arm movements. Cause that's the one thing you'll see about Jeff. Like you could you could look at Jeff and be like, yo, I curl more than him. Jeff's weak, but it's because he is so damn good at just making sure the load is only on his arms. Um, I'm sure Jeff could cheat curl 80, 90 pound dumbbells if he wanted to, but you know, like Jeff is just so precise. And even when he gets into those dogfight parts of a set, like nothing changes, nothing changes. Like it, it looks just like the first rep, just slower. Um, so I think with arms, that's, that's been a huge one. Uh, it's just basically, yeah, the insertion point closer to the origin and visualize it from that perspective when, when you are lifting with, um, could, could you give us an example of, of that when, when like a specific exercise and, and what were you doing before and how's that changed? Yeah. So uh, there's been many, uh, different, uh, I guess, uh, um, stages of, of, <laughs> of development, mental development. Um, so I used to just curl, you know, it's like, if yeah, my curls go up, like eventually my arms should grow bigger, but you know what can happen with curls eventually it just becomes a full body-ish movement, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and you have to remember, it's like if, if you're bench pressing and your bro touches the bar, that nullifies the rep because a little umph makes that big of a difference. So like if your heels kind of like coming up just a little bit when you're curling, um, if you're throwing a little bit of hip extension in there, a little bit of knees, um, yeah, that's, that's enough to change what we're trying to actually target here. And again, it's a body part that it's not, a, these are not huge, huge muscle groups, so they don't need a whole lot of weight. So when you take a big joint, like say the hip that is kind of throwing itself in there, like that's, that's going to take tension from what you, you are actually trying to target. So, um, so, but fast forward to where we're at now, um, yeah, basically I, I visualize like the point A and the point B. My favorite one to learn this on is just like on the cable system, like whether it's a standard just arms to the side, like tricep extension with the rope, 
or a uh, straight bar curl on a, on a cable setup. And just basically, yeah, imagine point A, point B, and I'm trying to bring those two points closer together as I curl. Um, and uh, with that internal cueing, it's, it's just funny. My curls look so different. They feel so different. I cannot use nearly as much weight. Uh, but these days I don't necessarily see that as a, as a, as a bad thing, I guess. Yeah, that's um, interesting. I never heard of it that way. Um, point A and B and bring them together. It's, uh, yeah. it's helpful. Yeah, with your chest, I mean, that's what you, when you're doing your fly, that's what it is. It's like, you know, here's your sternum, it's attached here, and you're mm-hmm. just bringing those two points closer together on a, on a pec deck, and that's a good contraction. Mm, that's, that's interesting. So sometimes when I, uh, when I do like arms or, or like isolation movements, I actually think of like Phil Heath's leg going through the leg extension just because it's easier to visualize because he's got so much muscle than, than me. Um, uh-huh. I remember one video and Kevin Lavroni used to say, just like, think about like the, the muscle that you work. I know that like, uh, it's kind of almost being disproven in, in the research that like, you know, muscle, whatever it's called, mind muscle connection kind of goes away after a certain percentage or whatever of, of weight lifted. But I, I did think with the smaller muscle groups, it, it's, it's helpful. Even if it's just to help you with the form and think about mm-hmm. keeping the form rather than, if you're if you're doing a hack squat and there's four plates, five plates on a side, you know you're going to be working your quads, like I'm pretty sure, and you're locked in there. So, um, so yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, what, what about delts then? Like you mentioned, I, I've seen you before using kettlebells. You're probably one of the first people to, to do kettlebells. Not like kettlebell workout, but like kettlebell ladder raises, and I, I enjoy them. A lot of people now are, are using a. Uh, yeah, cuffs i actually really really enjoy using cuffs like I, I don't know why it feels better but it just feels better um so I, i'm excited to see what that's gonna do for me my next season because i've been doing a lot of cuffed work but for delts what what do you say you said a lot of people perhaps train them incorrectly is that a lot of pressing or, or what um mostly just when it comes to just uh, isolation of the lateral head um so the lateral raises, there's just so many interpretations of, uh, yeah. of a lateral. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I, I think that the main thing is, is, is like sticking in the mid scap area. Um, and, um, and, and, and like, well, you said you like the cuff and I can see why, because I mean, it inserts halfway down your humerus, right? So if you're holding a load in your hand, like how many, joints away is that it's kind of like if you were doing a leg extension and say the pad was on your toes you know mm-hmm. you can see how that would be kind of limiting so the cuff works well what i really enjoy and i think most people would just be better off doing it this way is just find like most lateral raise machines put you in a fantastic place yeah. and 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 where is the resistance coming from most of the time is like it's right underneath where that muscle inserts so that lever arm is now shorter which um, what that does is now your loading progressions are a bit easier because, um, yeah, like, uh, again, like there's a big, there's, I guess people will hear that yeah, the lever arm is smaller. So there's like, I guess, less tension there, but that's, um, or on a per pound basis. But, um, but if anything, it's like now you can on your lateral, on your lateral raises on the machine, it's like, Hey, you know, you can go from 50 to 60. And the big issue with lateral raises with say dumbbells or a kettlebell is just the fact that like. Sometimes you have to use these um, progressions where maybe you're going from like eight reps all the way to like 18 reps before you can actually move up to the next increment. And even then, 
can be a little iffy, right? Especially, you know, you're somewhere in the uh, beginning stages of like lateral raise weight because going from 20 pounds to 25, like that's, again, that's a 25% increase in load. You would never yeah. do that with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if most people just stuck to um, lateral raise machines because they put you in the mid-scapular plane, you get a better resistance profile coming out the bottom. And, uh, and, and again, like the, the, the resistance, it's like right under that muscle. And I think that's convenient for loading. And, and do you, is that the same for arms where like you always like look at form first? Um, do, do, what do you see with people doing poorly with lateral raises? Is, is it going too heavy or again, a bit of body English? It's definitely cause the same thing. It's like you have all these joints underneath. So, so that becomes an issue. Um, all these helper muscle groups, all these bros, all these like, yes, men muscle. They're like, yeah, that's you, man. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that, and then most people, they tend to just take them like, uh, right, like straight to their sides, which what ends up happening is like, you kind of impinge right away. Like if your arms are straight to your sides, like this is kind of it. Um, but if you're in the mid scap plane, that's where you have, this space and you can really finish off that movement and get the, the most range of motion. So, um, so yeah, the biggest thing is arms to the sides. Uh, there's a lot of people who like partials. Um, so just kind of doing this whole thing here and you'll feel this intense burn, but, um, and like the research actually follows up on this and that's, so it's not until you get the free weights, uh, until like you get to around 30 degrees, uh, in your humeral, um, in your humorous angle that basically the lateral delts are really starting to come into play. So these first few inches, it's a lot of the muscles in your rotator essentially that are, uh, right, are yeah. and that's the burn you feel. So that intense deep burn that people feel like this is so good. Well, it's muscles that, you know, yeah, we, we do want to train, but just know that mm. that is, they get trained enough from like pressing and stuff, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting. And, and do you um, do you program them in any specific way? Like at the start of your workouts, like do you have like an arm day? If you, if you, and, and we're talking here in the context of somebody who's like trying to bring up these body parts because they're either weak relative to their overall, say, uh, pose or other body. Um, would you, you know, do it that way? Would you uh, put them at the beginning of the workout or have their own day for delts or, or something like that? Or, or do you, would you hit them more frequently? I know that you kind of said, uh, technique is first, but after that, once you got technique nailed down, what do you look at next? Yeah. This is one of the reasons that I love the, um, the good old upper lower split or the lower upper split kind of depends on what you need. Uh, it's kind of like the, do you guys have like, like four torses out there? No. What's that? It's, like, it's a oh, not Ford, isn't it? Not a Ford. It's a Toyota Camry. Toyota Camry. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like the car that everyone has. It's just, but it gets you there, man, and, and it works, and it's time proven. I feel that way about the the. It's just not sexy, right? About the upper lower lower upper splits, uh, but they're just so dynamic in that. Say if you have a lower body that needs to come up, you run the lower upper lower upper. You know, you start your week fresh with the lower body, All right? Um, and obviously the stuff you need to do first, you prioritize. Um, but then what it does do, it gives you room to add a fifth day. Cause I honestly, I think a fifth day of training, if you're doing it right, like sometimes I just wish I could take these people who train five, six days a week and just like put them through the ringer 
not necessarily through the ringer, but just having to do shit right. And they'd be like, okay, I can see why in four days we're going to need three days to recover from this, you know, because the work is just so much better quality. So I think for like 80, 90% of people, um, four days a week is like where you're going to see your best results. But when it does come time, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm kind of like mid in level intermediate and I can kind of start to see what is like going to need a little bit of extra attention. You can go ahead and tack on a fifth day now where you can really add that work. That's very customizable. Um, so again, it's not a sexy plan to sell, but it just, it works so well. It works mm-hmm. so well. So, um, so for someone who does need say arms and delts, um, but maybe their torso is okay. Yeah. Maybe that first workout of the week would be a little bit more arm dominant in some way while still getting some of the big torso muscle groups. So maybe we close grip bench press, maybe we do dips. Um, you know, maybe we do a lot of underhand rows, but you know, we row. Um, and then at the end of the training session, uh, the less neurologically demanding stuff, uh, would, uh, it would be all our shoulder and arm ISO work. And then we'd have a whole day at the end of the week where it's like, yeah, hey, guess what you're doing on, on Friday or Saturday, you're going to be doing our shoulders and arms. Mm, yeah. I actually ran a split like that for about a year when I was in, in college, I think 2011 or, or so. I did Jim Wenders five three one. I did it for like two a year or two, and it didn't really have much arm work in it. So, but I didn't really have great arms just genetically from the from the front, and uh, it actually worked really well just doing that. The only problem was when, when you're living uh, abroad in France and you're like on a it's called Erasmus, but it, it's exchange that you, you you know you go drinking quite a lot um, on Fridays. So <laughs> that was like. It's going to be arm day. It was really hungover or else it's not going to be any training. So I don't know if that much beneficial, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something I'm thinking. I'm just doing a, a mini cut here and um, it's definitely something I'm going to bring back in for my you know, extended off season now because uh, it's weird because like you said, from the, the front, uh, from the front, my arms don't look huge, but from the side, they're actually quite proportional in my side chest. Like my biceps, actually not small. If I if I do a like a front double bicep, it actually looks decent. I got a decent hang. It's just from the front. It's you know the thickness of my arm this way is just yes. not great. So like like you said, Martin Daniels, his arms were just like a flex wheeler. Like from the front, he just just hangs out there. But for me, it's like. So what advice do you give me then, other than like to quit bodybuilding? Um, yeah, don't drink on your arm day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I do like before arm day, there, there is something to that. To having a day where it's like, these are my weak body parts. Let me kind of mentally connect myself with my goals. And you know, it's like today it's going to be dealt and it's going to be arms and look, it might just be a 45 minute session, but you're so locked in and you're there to do what you need to do. And I think honestly, that probably helps with like the disconnect that a lot of people do feel in the off season, you know, because mm. it's like, you know, it just feels like a big, just feels like a, like some really muddy waters at times, you know? Yeah. It's not as like arm, arm day is fun, right? So, um, arm and shoulder day is just, you get, you get the pump. Um, you might not get as much if you're doing upper lower, you might, but it's not, the bro splits are fun, right? So they're pretty fun. Um, and I think if you have, if you, maybe you have a different opinion, but I think if you're top heavy in terms of arms and you have decent legs, you're going to place better in natural bodybuilding, at least than if you are have poor arms and you have good legs, just, you've got the classic look. 
mm-hmm. and I think you know that's just rewarded if you know because natural bodybuilding there's no classic physique but you just see it time and time again guys with just decent legs but not amazing legs they just look better with with bigger arms it just has that flow to it i'm not sure what your thoughts no i i agree i think um the, the joke used to be like back in the early 2000s like natural bodybuilders don't have legs and uh come to find out like and, and uh like, like speaking of like even more hormonally disadvantaged, right? It's like females, right? It's like usually most of them when they get in there and they train their legs hard with, you know, good technique, full range of motion, they're progressive. Um, they end up developing some really like dope legs and same thing with like natural bodybuilders. Like most of the time, you know, you see some, some really good legs on that stage, but it's, it's, it's that guy who has an upper body, like Siobhan Cunningham that just like stands out. Um, so no, I, I agree one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Unfortunately, that's that, that that's how it is, man. Unfortunately for me, man, because that's that's my that's my problem. Mm. So uh, have you been working on bringing those up over the last while? Your arms? Um, yeah, I think back a little bit more profusely um, than arms, but um, but yeah, I might have to throw a little arm day here eventually, just because. Uh, um, yeah, I just I feel that the same thing as you in my front relax. It's like when I do this, it's like it's like you can see just it's, it's like man, it's barely thick in my humerus. Um, so they look okay from almost every other angle, but in that front relax, it just it kills me. And like I know the judges can see that. So, so when when are you planning to let's say next year there is shows? Do you plan to compete, or do you want to wait the year after? Um, if I do next year, it'll probably be the fall, just because all the big shows that that's when they happen. So give myself maybe two chances to qualify for worlds. If I can't qualify in, in two goes, you know, uh, then I, I probably shouldn't be doing worlds. So that's, that's, that's the angle. And maybe do a few NPC shows. I love doing untested shows just because I don't know, man, it's fun. Um, it's fun to know that you're at a disadvantage perhaps. And, uh, and that you have an doing... excuse when you don't win. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, well, if you guys were, on sauce but uh but uh I've, I've i've i find them to be very low stress they don't they don't really work you on that stage nearly as long so yeah really fresh and you know you know how it is after like like a, a good natural bodybuilding show it's like man it's like you're more sore than any workout you've done mm. and uh, yeah i really enjoy actually watching the the natural guys like crossover like when they finish their natural bodybuilding career as well just to see how they they fare they get on like you mentioned sean earlier um i actually saw, saw you you've heard of richard godzeki right yes 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 i, I, yeah. I suspect that was what was going on the way he worded he was not very clear yeah. but I, that's, that's what's up yeah if, if you retire but you have bigger plans that kind of means that you're he's not going to mm-hmm. take up cross-country skiing or something i doubt so but it'd be interesting to see because that's always a question that i have you know would this guy? Would this guy who's? Um, I think I asked this to Mike Isertel when I met him in person. Like, what his thoughts? Would the best natural bodybuilders be the best pro bodybuilders? I mean, pro IFE bodybuilders, and vice versa. Um, personally, I think that the best IFE pros would probably be better than the, a lot of the naturals because they actually are pu- not pushed, but they see they have can make money in it. They see they have a career, then they mm-hmm. they they take the extra vitamin S, but uh, I, I don't know. That's why I like seeing the, the top pros in a natural body can cross over to see, you know, once they've kind of fulfilled their career, 
Um, you know, a lot of them do it when they're a bit later, so maybe they don't push themselves in terms of hormonally as hard as hard. But uh, what, what do you think in terms of that question? Like, would the best be best either? You know what? I think a lot of the best natural guys I think part of the reason that they're there is it's just because things have worked out so well for them. Like that, that it's, it's, it's never crossed their mind to alter their physiology because it's such a great toy to play with. Yeah. Uh, so uh, honestly, I think still some of the best genetics, and this is just because I've seen enough before and after. So I've seen guys that competed at 140, 145, the next time they get on stage are probably going to compete somewhere in the two forties. Well, so yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I think the biggest thing that stops a lot of these natural guys is, is when they do cross over <clears throat> to them, like coaching has never been that important, you know, maybe just a few um, back and forths with guys at their gym. It's like, Oh, okay. That's what you do for leg separation. Okay. I'll give that a try. And that's about the extent of like how much they outsource. But when you are talking about drugs now, that's totally different. Like, um, yeah, there's been member panics, Pierre, I, I think he could have been like one of the best, but once he went over into that side, it just, it was, it he came like off. 14th or something. I checked. Yeah. Like a few years ago, yeah. he did like 14th and I think classic, you know, it just it looked off. Like he just, it's like, wow, you lost all your lines. You know, you, you don't have that same pop. And I think a lot of it's because panics was really chill. Like back when he was natural, he could just he could trust his uh, his physiology to get him through. All he had to do is keep working out, go eat some yeah. protein. I don't even know how many calories you're taking in, to be honest. But, um, but hey, that Islander approach is working for you. Whereas uh, mm-hmm. I think Sean, I think Sean did it the right way. He surrounded himself with people who know what they're doing. Um, and uh, shoot, Jared, another good example of this. Like I think Jared will be among the top in the sport um, in like the next four to six years. And to be honest, that's about how long his climb on the natural side of things probably would have taken. So, um, so yeah, I think a lot of the really gifted guys like, um, like Baba, like if you were, it's probably never crossed his mind because it's such a fun toy. It's yeah. Like along with a stock Ferrari. It's like, I don't want to change nothing. You know? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, just thinking of like, just to go back to the guy Kendall who won the overall, he he's I remember seeing he said he coached himself. You'd never get like top ten Olympia guys saying they coach themselves. They always have coaches in their corner the the whole time, whether it's Hanny Rombot or whoever it is at the time. Um you know in the car this is like like most of those times those times I wouldn't trust them to do strength training for like a high school football team here. You know? Yeah. They're the farm, like, farmers, ecologists. Hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, in the natural side, most of the guys that that are really talented, it's like it's funny because they, they'll get all these things from like the casual bodybuilding fan about how they couldn't be natural. And I'm like, dude, this guy doesn't care because literally he does his show. He's five foot nine. He's 190 pounds on stage, and uh, and yeah, he's a he's a manager at Walmart. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, there's no incentive here, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I actually. I was chatting to a guy in the gym who's he's like he's African but he's like Irish citizen and he's a B, BNBF pro but he never competed with the the INBF. So I, I won the, the the Ireland show last year but he, this guy would smoke me if he competed. He's in his forties, but he was like we were chatting in the gym and he was like doing an exercise but he's bulking but he's doing drop sets to shred the glutes as he's bulking. So I'm like and he does security. I mean like if this guy like yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much he could 
like it, a lot of it's just like hard work consistency and just you know showing up every day basically um but yeah it's it's a, it's an interesting thing um so are, are you gonna be uh you're obviously not gonna be able to travel to wmbf worlds this year there's no travel right is there i don't know I think there's no worlds. Is there worlds? Oh, well, might be. Oh, canceled. I don't know. Um, I thought they were canceled, but no, not 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 traveling. <clears throat> uh, I can, but but I can't travel within the U.S. But uh, no worlds. Um, a lot of the yeah the the overseas teams, and we depend on them so much to like bring some of the best competition. Like it's it's just not going to work, you know. Mm. So yeah, the Brits, man, the Spaniards, the Italians, like it's just crazy what comes out of Europe. So, um, so without them, it's just not going to be, even if there is a world, which I've not confirmed. Um, so ap- ap- apologies there, but um, yeah, it just, this won't be the same. Mm. So anyway, man, it was great to chat to you again. Uh, thanks for coming on. It's definitely an interesting topic. I love to, to chat all this natural bodybuilding. It's not often that we get to, to just sit down and just shoot natural bodybuilding for a while. Yeah, yeah, and, and just yeah, just casual fan talk. I think it's uh, it, it's my favorite man because you can't have this combo with just about anyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, and, and even yeah, even with most competitors, it's like uh, there's there's that like guy that competes, and then there's that guy that it's like I I live and eat and breathe this stuff, and and mm. that's it's always cooler when someone. Are, are you are you a fan of uh, untested bodybuilding? You watch that at all? Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah. Tested or no, untested, open body, IFBB bodybuilding. I, I, I do. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the two twelve division just yet, um, just because I, I guess there's some about the caps that I like and I don't like when it comes to you know the height. I think they're going to keep moving them up until it just becomes open, and then eventually they're just going to get rid of the trunk. So. I think honestly, you mean, what you they, mean classic division, not two twelve? The classic, yeah, the classic, yeah, yeah. I think at some point. Um, which again, it's, it's beautiful bodybuilding, but it's just so convoluted at this point to me. Where it's just yeah. like uh, the, the open is, yeah, it's the same as the men's physique, they just get bigger and bigger. Uh, there's a guy actually in England that won uh, a, a, an NPC show, he's a classic, he's an IP pro now. So I think it's it's good to see that. Uh, his, his name is Bob Waterhouse. It's interesting to see, uh, you know, there is an option there for IFBB, but they're just going to get smoked if you're thinking about the Chris Swampstead. Like these guys are like what two two twenty or something on stage. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what the the the, the men's physique was like, like. I think their first attempt to just clean up and fix some of the things that went wrong with the open at a certain point, and then that started kind of getting like yeah. to look a bit like freakier. Then uh, they, they anticipated because Gen One like men's physique guys are like, wow, really? Like really? Um, it's just so different. And then uh, honestly, just what I think would be a great solution is like if they had like those weight caps in the open, because I think for a lot of guys, um, it just puts them in a position where it is a game of chicken. And that's kind of unfortunate where it's just like, you know, I'm going to do what it takes to be better at my sport. And sometimes, you know, when you're kind of caught up in, 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 in the heat of competition and, and this is your livelihood, it's like, okay, you're going to, you know, redline and take some of the stuff and amounts that maybe, you know, a version of you 10 years from now wouldn't necessarily agree. So yeah. I just more skill when it's like, okay, if you're, you know, 5'10", this is going to be 
as big as we let you get. And you're going to have to find other ways to get better. You know, it's like yeah. come in, fix your posing, uh, you know, like redistribute muscle a little bit, things like that. And I think that just makes the game so much more interesting because it did get to a point there with the open bodybuilding where, you know, if we were just looking at silhouettes of the guys just uh, across the board, they all kind of look the same. Mm, it's just mass. That's all you're looking at. And you start to lose kind of the shape a little bit in the midsection as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, dude, it's been great to chat to you. Thanks yeah, for coming yeah. on again. Yeah, no, right on, man. Appreciate you having me. And uh, where, where can people find more about, about you and, and the work you do? So uh, <clears throat> 3dmusclejourney.com. That's where you can literally find not just all my stuff, but all the team stuff. We have things that archive like back many years. Um, we have a YouTube channel. We're all pretty active on Instagram. So, um, but that website is like going to basically point you in the right direction to, to all the little nook and crannies of stuff we put out that we pride ourselves on trying to be good educators. So, so definitely worth checking out. And, and I saw you got shadow banned on Instagram. So you'll see not, 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 uh, not pleasing the overlords. I've, I've been shadow banned for two years, man. I, I, I don't know what I did. Yeah, so, you mixed it up with your OnlyFans account. I think I might have uploaded a picture. <laughs> I've yet to do that. I've heard horror stories. Uh, <laughs> Cardi B story, right? Oh, um, I saw, yeah. Saw that. Yeah. I've, 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 yeah, I've heard stories, but no, it's yet to happen. But uh, but we'll make a comeback. I'm going to get so shredded next time I compete that it's just going to break through the shadow band. That's, <laughs> that's the goal. Awesome, man. Thanks for again. Hey, right on, man. Good talking to you, dude. As always, guys, thank you for listening to this episode. I really appreciate those who support, give me feedback, just reach out and message me and say they listened to an episode or enjoyed an episode. And if you do enjoy it, please do leave a rating and review. It helps whatever platform it's on to get the algorithm going and get more views. And it gives me more drive to do more episodes and get more great guests on like Alberto. And you can find all the, the links that we talked about the of my social profiles, Alberto's, 3DMJ's, etc. in the show notes. And if you do want to reach out for coaching or apply for coaching, you can find that at healthmastery.co as well as the free natural bodybuilding fast track for those who are interested. I've had some really good feedback from people who've already gone through it and there's been at least 200 people who've done this already. So I hope to see you again or talk to you again in another episode and I'll chat to you soon.